Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome and today we go to the west coast of the United States, to Rushton, Hurley, and to talk about his organization, Next Vista. So, Rushton, welcome, and let's talk about your education first. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. So, uh, just in terms of my education, I uh, went to a, uh, a small-town public high school in Magnolia, Arkansas, went to college in, in San Antonio, Texas, a school called Trinity University, majored in history, minored in religion, then spent a uh, little bit of time overseas uh, just doing different things. Uh, that included uh, some study at uh, the Kansai University of Foreign Studies in, uh, in near Osaka, Japan, uh, and then also a year at the University of Western Australia before coming back uh, and going to uh, Stanford for my graduate work, where I have earned master's degrees in East Asian studies and in education. That's quite a broad range. I've, I've, I've spent some time studying, absolutely. So in terms of work, yeah. including when you were at university, what kind of work experience have you had? So I, I guess my, my earliest work experience, other than you know maybe time you know, as, as part of the team at a pizza restaurant, you know, that kind of thing, uh, was a little bit of programming in basic. I did that as a teen. I uh, did some summer work uh, during college uh, as, as, as a guy who, who could do word processing with, with a team that was part of this company that would take your plane and do whatever you want to it. <laughs> so, actually, some good stories there, right? I mean, just, just really interesting crowd. Um, and, uh, and then I, I also... Uh, worked uh, in college as as part of one of uh, part of the study abroad office for a while. Once I was out of college, I, I became an assistant language teacher as part of a program in Japan. So I was a, I was an assistant teacher alongside Japanese teachers of English in the high schools and junior highs of the Goto Islands west of uh, Nagasaki in Japan. I uh, came back to the United States. I went to graduate school, got my teaching credential, uh, and became a high school teacher of Japanese language. Uh, I spent about a decade doing that, and then I became a principal of a K-12 school, and then in the early O's, a principal of an online high school, which was, it was a very different time, right, for, for what's available online. So a lot, lot of interesting experiences there that became quite valuable to me again when, uh, when the world shut down, I guess, a year and a half ago. Uh, and then in 2005, I started Next Vista for Learning. So I've been running this nonprofit for 16 years, and it's, it's succeeded and despite my plans. So there you go. So let's talk about the name. Where did the name for the organization come from? So, um, so the idea uh, at, at the time for me in 2005 was that, that we were on kind of the precipice of, of a much more self-directed learning. So if someone wanted to learn something, that they'd be able to go online and find things. Uh, and, and I came up with this idea for a video library. So, so the idea is if you are adding a, a new path in terms of learning, then that is, that is next. And then VISTA is useful for multiple reasons, right, as a term. VISTA means that, you know, it's a view, right? And so for a video library, that makes sense. Uh, 
Um, it's also a, a word that has a certain hope related to thinking, thinking, you know, you know, looking towards the horizon for possibilities. It's a word that, uh, that, that also is important in both English and Spanish, and there are loads of Spanish speakers, of course, in the United States, uh, not to mention, you know, all over, all over the Americas. Uh, and so, so to have kind of those elements come together in a name seemed, seemed to be appropriate. It was also available as a domain name. And so that was not, not a small uh, kind of thought on, in my head as, as I put these pieces together. So talk about your team. Is it a one-man show or do you have a team? It's a one-man full-time show, yes. Um, uh, there, there are people that, that I, I work with uh, a little more informally. I do have a part-timer, uh, another teacher who is actually the uh, the tech brains behind behind the site. Uh, when we started building the video library in a WordPress environment, uh, you know that just that just hadn't been done. And and he would go to meetings with WordPress people and say, "Yeah, so we're trying to build this this video library using WordPress." And they're like, "Really? You know?" And and yet, I mean, you know, it, it still works, and uh, and you know, it, it's a good little system. Um, that, uh, that that's that's most of us. I mean, there there are other part timers who work with me on particular projects. We've done a project related to learning English language, where I had very clever uh, teens, you know, create short videos uh, so that we'd have videos freely available videos to help people learn English, you know, with with high frequency topics. But we've got you know we've got about twenty eight hundred videos on the site. Now, you can't just upload it. Anyone can upload it. You can't do that. You have to submit it for for review. So that keeps the numbers down, but it also means that it keeps the quality up, or at least we like to think so. So you've got competitors out there. What makes you different? Um, so uh, we, we would have to actually explore that idea of whether I have competitors. So there are certainly other video libraries, um, but, but most of them have a business model built around um, either ads, we have no ads on our site, uh, subscriptions, there is no need to, to register or subscribe. Um, and, and, and they also tend not to screen everything, you know, if, if they're built for, you know, for free, freemium, whatever model as well. You know, I think of you know, a teacher tube or something like that out there, which, I mean, you know, anybody can upload anything. There's some, let's just say there's a range of quality on that site. Um, but for my site, what I originally thought in terms of the, the funding that would run it uh, would, would be that it's the perfect grant partner, right? So, so any grant needs a way to disseminate the benefits of the funding. And if, if whatever it is that you're doing, no matter what the project is, to incorporate an educational component that's freely available without any, any barriers related to cost or registration or ads uh, is, is a way to strengthen the, the grant. So I, I still think that's a good idea, but but it it also ran into the buzzsaw that was the 2008 economic collapse, right? Uh, at the same time, I was trying to get videos for the site by going to conferences for teachers and explaining that that it's easy to make a video and, and getting kids to make videos would be really powerful as well. And I, I was asked to start coming to schools and coming to conferences and speak and, hey, what do you charge? And I was like, ooh, let me, let me get back to you. And, and, I, and I had to figure that out. But... For the last 16 years, the revenue that has run this thing fairly comfortably is the work I do as a speaker and trainer. So, so in terms of competition, there's nothing about uh, putting videos on our site, for example, that means uh, the, the person submitting can't 
put them on other sites. So, so I, I'm, I actually, I'm not sure we have competitors perhaps because it's such a quirky little model that why would anybody try to replicate it? Right. Okay. So you're in one language only English. No, um, most of the videos are in English, but um, we have a pretty healthy set of Spanish videos. Uh, a lot of that came from a, a strong partnership with a crowd called Project Amigo down in Cofradia in, uh, in, in the state of Colima in Mexico, where we had kids that are part of their program make, make videos in, uh, interviewing each other to create materials that can be useful for people learning Spanish, telling about their communities, things like that. We have a large section of careers videos to help kids understand the wide variety of careers out there. You know, most uh, most kids are kind of in the space of like, yeah, careers. So there's, let's see, there's what my mom does and what my dad does and a teacher and a police officer and the president of the United States and, and NBA player and did I get them all, you know, that kind of thing. And, and, and so to know that there are, are all kinds of careers you know, that, that there are people who are paid to pilot underwater vehicles for science research. Wow, that sounds really cool. I'd love to do that. Yeah, you, you, should, you should pursue it. Would I have to pay attention in math? You might, right? So, so you, know, you know, those kinds of experiences also mean that, that we were able to get a number of videos in Spanish for careers as well. Uh, other than that, uh, a handful of, of French videos um, and, and a few other languages as well. Um, I'd, I'd love to connect with people who can help me get quality videos in other languages, but but as as a as a full timer one man show, then it, it it's it's a matter of where where one puts one's time, right? So Russian, are your videos aimed at certain age groups? They are aimed at learners, but let's 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 work with that. So uh, a lot of the videos are focused on. Uh, middle school and high school students, uh, but there are quite a few for elementary as well. That's that's also a distinction that that may be a little misleading. Uh, if you are a an eighth grader, for example, and you're having trouble with a fourth grade idea like fractions, and one of our videos helps you, then you just got a lot better at what you do in eighth grade, right? So so there's that. Now, in addition, though, to those videos being there, and, and there are people, for example, in the English language collection, there, there are lots of videos for people who might be adults working, working on their English. Um, but uh, the, the idea is that, that videos focused on students are not just valuable to students. So for a lot of teachers, this is valuable as well. So if you're a teacher and you're looking for creative ways to explain things that you are charged with teaching, it's good to be able to point a kid to, well, see what this person says. Does that make sense to you? You know, and, and to maybe pick up ideas both from the video and from the kid's reaction to the video. So, so as, as an educational resource and tool, um, there, there's really a lot to having strong videos available for free that, you know, again, no need to register. There's, there's, there's no data scraping going on or anything like that. I mean, it's, it's just a, save the world a little resource is what it is. You know, just let, let's share these things and, and make them valuable. Matter of fact, people can even download the videos uh, because, you know, there are people who are in places where, uh, you know, the bandwidth is not so hot. And, and so a teacher might get to a school in some rural part of the world where, somewhere where bandwidth is, is poor and download the video before the students arrive when the bandwidth is enough to handle it and then play it just right off the machine. And that's fine. That's totally fine. You know, we, we, we don't, 
We don't want this to be a, a resource that is only available to, say, people with great internet connections. Uh, and so, you know, the hope is that, that the, the resources that, that we've got, you know, can be used very widely. I was just talking this week with a, with a fellow in the Philippines who is interested in taking uh, a number of the videos there. And I showed him how, you know, we even have like a download button to do it. Uh, that, that you can take those, add those to the tablets that they're, put, they're putting in the hands of, of kids in rural schools in, in Cebu in the Philippines uh, and to- totally fine to do. You know, I mean, just we're, we're not charging them for it or anything like that. This, the, the goal is that this, this is something that will be useful to teachers and students. Well, my daughter is a grade three teacher, so All right. I will be letting you know. <coughs> Good deal. So talk about feedback. What kind yeah. of feedback have you got? So um, a lot of positives. Uh, the 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 idea that uh, that that you you do something like this and make it utterly free, right? You know, like no no hidden information selling. Or anything. I mean, just utterly free is something that that did cause people on the front end to say, I you know I don't know that that's a working model. And and I and truth be told, I didn't know either. But I I was just doing it like while I taught part-time to feed my nonprofit habit, right? Um, uh, but over time, feedback has worked for us in a couple of ways. First of all, pe- people do write in occasionally and say, hey, this is, this is really helpful. One of, one of my favorite early messages was, hey, thanks for this. I have a test on this crap tomorrow, and, and this really helped. And I'm like, and, and it was sent at like 1 in the morning or something, right? And so I'm thinking, well, that's, that's pretty cool, right? Uh, should check language, but all good. Um, but feedback works in another way as well. When, when we started doing contests, asking students and teachers to come up with creative ways of explaining things and, and sharing them with us, um, one of the things that, that we said was, all right, hey, look, you submit the videos and we'll give you feedback on how to make it better. And teachers love that somebody else is giving feedback to their kids. Because for a lot of students, you know, they're, they're in such a frame of mind in school that is, do what I am asked. Just do what I'm asked. Did I do the minimum? And, and you know, I, I, don't, I don't think it, the, the audience needs any, any persuading that that's, that's a bit of a travesty in terms of exploring one's potential. But it's a system that's there. And so to have something that, that expands the audience becomes important. One of the things I say often in my, in my speaking is that, but when students know that others will see their work, they want it to be good. But when it's just for the teacher, they want it to be good enough. So changing the audience of their work becomes very important. And so I, I, I try to live that as well. You know, when, when people say, hey, you know, I, I was thinking about this with, as I was working with this particular resource on your site. Hey, you know, you've got this project going on. That's really cool. You know, is, is this a possibility? I'm, I'm all over that. Uh, love, love getting messages along those lines. So let's talk about your revenue again. Yeah. You, you said it was uh, speaking. Mm-hmm. And uh, what about grants? Is that a source of revenue? Uh, it has been, but but small. Um, I, I would say that, that the work that I do as a speaker and trainer has generated uh, north of 90% of, of what, you know, what we've brought in over, over, over time. Um, I, I, in essence, right, because of because of the financial collapse in 08, I kind of shifted away from thinking about grants, and I was having success with conferences con- contacting me saying, "Hey, we want you to speak to, 
you know, this group or that group, or, you know, even things like, Hey, we've, we've, we've got a group of salespeople coming together and, you know, you, you have a, a message about telling stories that, that means effective communication. And, and so, so that, that has worked pretty well. Right. Um, I do think I should get back to thinking more about grants because because it's still a good argument. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a way to strengthen any given grant, and uh, and it's it's a way to to think even more about the quality of what the activities of a grant can be when there's an educational educational audience that's that's kind of in the wings for it. If that makes sense, it does. Yeah. The other thing benefit I would see is you could have a virtual assistant who could take on and do a lot of the rudimentary administrative things that would make it a lot easier on you because that's what we use in our organization. Nice. And uh, we pay her for uh, 10 hours a week. Yeah. And uh, it just makes it so much easier for us to focus on more of the important things. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, there, there have been times when I've had somebody part-time working with me. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I mean, it, 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 it has certainly helped. Um, the, as always, you have to kind of feel like there's enough revenue coming in to, to, uh, to, to merit it. Otherwise you just put more, you know, time and sweat and tears into it and, and make it happen. Let's see. Uh, see in our case, our lady is a writer. Yeah. And a blogger. Uh-huh. And, and nothing that I drafted writing, she rewrites. And uh, that just makes a big difference to what we're doing, having that virtual assistant. She's not very close to us, but uh, extremely helpful. So I want you to put your visionary hat on and say Mm -hmm. three years from today, what's the organization going to look like? Yeah, so so, w- I would say that that if the kinds of things that we have launched this year kick into gear, then then the organization will be largely built around those efforts. So so let me describe those three things because I think that that kind of gives a sense of, of what I'm shooting for. Um, three new initiatives this this fall. One is uh, called Fascinating Folks. And uh, that, that's, that's actually just kind of one of those things that I, I, I do because it's cool, um, where, where I gather a group of educators and I've connected with a startup person. And the startup person has some kind of business related to education in some fashion. And we just have a discussion. So that, that has, has yielded three quite cool, you know, kind of recorded video episodes of, of just conversations around things. You know, one was a guy who's who's built a, a, a very interesting way of thinking about fundraising and managing money, you know, like in school settings. Another is a guy who's talking about mental training for athletes. Uh, and another was uh, three pilots who came up with an idea for an app uh, to address media bias. And they've actually made this thing work, right? You know, and, and, and that, that was just an amazing story. So, so finding, finding ways to, Kind of improve the environment. I think uh, through through having stronger discussions between educators and entrepreneurs is, is something that, that I like devoting time to. Um, I've also started a thing this fall called uh, NVIV, the Next Vista Inspiring Video, 
And that's where I take a video actually not from our library, but that's just available somewhere online. And I build a, a lesson activity around it that asks what I hope are not the obvious questions uh, that you would ask students who have just watched this short and fascinating video. Um, that has gotten some good attention as well because teachers like having cool, ready, ready to go activities, but it's also the kind of thing where anybody might watch it just because it's a cool thing to think about. So, you know, when you, you when you watch a, a really good short video, I mean, short videos are good, right? They're shareable. You, you see a really good two minute video and you may send it to, you know, a, a dozen friends. You see a great 20 minute video and you're like, that was a great video, but you may or may not actually go to the trouble of sharing it. So to, so to find like a really good, say two to five minute video that tells a story that, that really allows one to see the world in a new way uh, is something that, that I, I, I like, you know, I like creating those as well. It, it, it kind of feeds my writing habit, I guess. You know, I've, I've written a few books, by the way. And so that, that's, that's helpful as well, you know, and well, kind of that space. We better stop yeah. there. Oh, well, um, talk about your I books. can, although I'm getting to the biggest of, of the three. Oh, no, <laughs> I know, but talk about your books. Oh, sure, sure, sure. So um, I, I wrote a book called uh, Making Your School Something Special. It's for, for teachers and school leaders to think about uh, fostering and sharing the stories of successes. So, so most schools, and, and this probably is true for a lot of organizations as well, they're having lots of, lots of successes that people don't know about. Right in a school setting, you know, you might have a teacher doing a really amazing thing in this room, and then the teachers on either side have no idea what's happening in that room, and, and that's that's silly, right? I mean, if if someone's doing a really good job of inspiring kids to see some new possibility, then that should be a discussion item, and and that's not like bragging on the part of the teacher. It, it, it's part of a goal that that the that the staff has of finding every last thing that will get a kid connected to his or her possibilities. Um, I, I wrote a second book called uh, Making Your Teaching Something Special, which is 50 pieces of advice about, uh, about becoming a better teacher. I think a lot of teachers are trying to teach kids to have a growth mindset, but have a very fixed mindset about their own work. And so to know that there are little things you can do that make you a better teacher. And, and you know, over the course of a couple of weeks, just, just reading a few pages um, each day you know, with an idea and trying it out and seeing what happens, you can become you know, a significantly better instructor. And then I wrote uh, a book for the uh, for NCEA, the National Catholic Asso Education Association, called Technology, Teamwork, and Excellence, focused on uh, school leaders uh, and any leaders, really, uh, using technology and communication in a way to, to make, make the environment personally and professionally satisfying for everybody. Uh, so, so, yeah, so uh, that, that was actually good, good fun to, uh, to go through the process and, and challenge of, of writing something that could be helpful to somebody. Are those books listed on your website? Um, on Next Vista, no, but if you go to RushtonH.com uh, slash writing, you can find all of that. So RushtonH is R-U-S-H-T-O-N-H.com slash writing. And you can find more about that. And, and anytime, you know, a group says, hey, you know, we're doing a book study with, with your book. Uh, we'd love to talk to you. You know, I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, let, let's connect for about, you know, half hour or so. Hey, what do you charge? I'm like, I'll do that for free. You know, you bought books. All good. So, so I'm, I'm happy to do that kind of thing. Um, and uh, so anybody who says, yeah, no, I, I, I want to bring kind of a new angle for how to work effectively to, to my employees. And, and sometimes it's quite interesting for non-educational non audiences to think in terms of having a teacher come and talk to them because people have assumptions about education. 
right? Everybody kind of, because they've, they've gone through an education, they've been in school, they feel like they're experts on education. But, but it's great to have somebody talk about things from a totally different perspective with regard to how education can work and what it means to tell your stories effectively because of how you interact with your colleagues and your, your customers or, or those you serve, whoever it may be. So, so I like doing that kind of stuff. Huh. Okay, because I've done stuff in the educational space, yeah. I'd like your view of uh, the difference between education and training. So there's, there's an awful lot of overlap between the two, right? Um, what, what is called education can often just be training. What is called training can often include a lot of education. Uh, really good training does educate. Right. So, so if, if what we think of is, is getting someone in a mindset to be able to improve what they do, that, that can be called training or education. But, but we don't want to limit ourselves, or at least this is the way I see it. We don't want to limit ourselves to the skills that we are trying to get the person to, to master. We want the person to see possibilities in what they're learning. We want them to have, you know, a, a, another level of, of hope for themselves as they can contribute to the team. And, and that's, that's, that's psychology. You know, if, if we talk about education and training, you could kind of say, well, it, it's, it's the art and science, right? In both cases, you're working to inspire people to see something new. And to do that really well is much more than just like, now you know where to click. It, it's about being able to see it from a new angle and to think about your work in new ways. So that, that's, that's, uh, that's a bit of a, an ambiguous answer, perhaps, but, but, but hopefully helpful. Okay, Russian, I interrupted you, and you said you had a third area. I do. You're a good man, good man. So, so I, uh, I launched one of the biggest projects we've ever launched uh, this, this fall, or at least it has the potential to become that. It's called Improve the World. And, and Improve the World is built on, on this thought. Lots of people have ideas that can make communities better, and they don't share them. They don't share them because they think somebody will think, oh, that, that's a stupid idea, or, or maybe they just think, and nothing will come of it, or, or, or something like that. And what, what we did is we said, hey, we want, we want teenagers to share their ideas. Hey, what if we did things this way? What if we tried to address this problem in this way, right? And, and to give them the space to be able to make just short video, like 90 seconds, right? and explain their idea. And then what we'll do is we'll categorize those videos based on Rotary's areas of focus. So things like promoting peace and uh, water and hygiene and you know, improving local economies and, and, and the set. Um, and, and so by taking those ideas and, and really identifying the, the cleverest of them, most clever, anyway, um, and, and getting those two service clubs all over the world we think that they're going to be service clubs to say, you know, that's a great idea. Let's make that happen in our community. So you can imagine a kid, right, in, in you know, like the, you know, downtown Toronto who, 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 you know, attends, you know, this, this little middle school or whatever. He says, you know, I think we should do this, this, and this for this reason, makes the video, sends it in. It's a really good idea. And suddenly there's a half dozen clubs around the world in Bangalore and Sydney and Rio and wherever uh, actually making, making it happen. And so the idea there is that, that a kid like that needs encouragement to share the idea. And we as a society want that kid to become really confident about sharing cool ideas. 
So my hope is that we can we can gather hundreds and perhaps thousands of these over the next uh, year or two. And that's where the Diana Awards made. Yeah. In terms yeah. of nominating some of those students to get the Diana Award, which would be very mm-hmm. good. So, Russian, we're running out of time because you could go on for a long time. <laughs> Truth. And uh, you mentioned your main site, and you mentioned your second site. So, if you could just repeat those again for our listeners. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so the 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 nonprofit Save the World Shindig is nextvista.org. N e x t v i s t a dot o r g. And, uh, and you can find uh, my, you know, kind of my personal stuff on RushtonH.com, R-U-S-H-T-O-N-H.com. Uh, I'm, I'm woefully behind in, in, in uh, posting to the blog there, but that's because I've been doing all of these posts for Next Vista with the NBIV stuff. Uh, but, but absolutely, if, if, if any of this is stuff that, that people are interested in, you can go to nextvista.org slash contact and reach me as well. And I am, I am very happy to explore ideas with you. Well, thank you for your time. You're a social innovator. You are Thanks, running a social enterprise, whether it's a nonprofit or a for-profit or a charity. They're all social enterprise, or they apply corporate social responsibility. So thank you for your time, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you.